At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. of the nightcap here on VEASAN alongside Wes Reynolds sitting in for Sean King. I am Tim Murray and we just spent the first hour talking NFL, little Colts, little uh, a little Cleveland Browns, mm-hmm. but now we head to the Pac-12. The championship, of course, is here in Las Vegas and we've been doing a thing all week, Wes, the most Interesting teams. I've been doing a top 10 of most interesting teams. Not ranking them, but just teams that are intriguing. Right. And today, I said, you know what we should talk about? The USC Trojans. And there's no person better, in my opinion, to talk Pac-12 than Yogi Roth, who's been with the network, Pac-12 Network, for over a decade. Also, check out his book, The uh, Five-Star QB, which is out now. Hey, Yogi, appreciate it. I know you were just, uh, you're driving back from Oregon State practice. I'll get to the Beavers shortly, but you'll be on the call of... The USC opener against Rice. What a time for the Trojan fans. You know, we know about all of the big-name transfers, but my biggest question about USC is on the lines. Are they strong enough on the offensive and defensive lines, in your opinion, to make the noise that some people expect them to make this year, which is win the Pac-12 and maybe even make it to the playoff? You know, it's it's hard to tell, and thanks for having me on. Um it's, it's, it's going to be hard to tell now. We haven't even seen this whole team play in, you know, in a spring game together, right? Jordan Addison was added late. They've added some defensive linemen after spring football. Um, they added 20 transfers, right? And, and not all of them have been there to practice together. So among the what, 28, 29 training camp practices, you know, we know college football has changed. I think you're only allowed eight or nine full padded practices. So we just haven't seen enough live reps. So it gives me pause and hesitancy to say like, yep, they're going to go play in the playoff. Like, I think that's dramatic. I think it's definitely a little, uh, a little too much hype for, for, you know, where this team came from, right? This is a four, one team last year. They've retooled the roster, but you, you gotta, you gotta play games, right? You have to play meaningful snaps. And I say that because their opponents, none of them are starting for the most part over in terms of a roster rebuild, like USC, like Utah is only getting better. Oregon state's only getting better. Cal's only getting better. Stanford got better. Like, so I just don't think it's going to be, yep, hand it to them. They're the team. 
but I do think by the end of the year, like I, I've been saying this since Lincoln got hired, I think they beat Notre Dame to finish the season and launch themselves into contention for the real stuff next year. So, Yogi, kind of the most proven commodity, obviously, Lincoln Riley, you know, may take a year or two, but he's going to recruit like nobody's business and they're going to get prospects. But they're still a little short, I think, in terms of depth on the defensive side of the ball. But one team that I think has some real expectations, a lot of people like them as a dark horse of the playoff, are the aforementioned Utah Utes. And look, just watching them in the two games against Oregon last year, you're not going to out-tough Kyle Whittingham's guys. I mean, they're going to win the toughness battle more more often than not when they step on the football field. Uh, Cam Rising, 9-2 and two as a starter last year. I think once he took over for the Baylor transfer, they really got going. What's the ceiling you think for the Utes this season? Well, what's fun about them, and, and I had a chance to ask Kyle Whittingham this a couple weeks ago, and we were in L.A. for the media days on the Pac-12 Network, where – I said, does it feel natural? Like the expectations and the next step. And, and, he, and he didn't flinch. He said, yeah. And, and I think so too. You know, I, I called their first game when they played a Pac-12 conference game, you know, over 10 years ago and have been around their games and they've lost in the title game and then won a title game. And then was at the Rose Bowl last year where they went right to the last minute against the Ohio State University. And I think the next step in their progression is what you talked about is competing for a playoff spot you know they are the kings of this league you know and and they've developed to be that so i i think it's different than like you know we, we talked this way about texas this year or usc like are they a dark horse for the playoff well they haven't really proven it with the rosters and and the young staff that both sark has and, and lincoln riley has as we talked about utah it's year 18 for kyle whittingham there were some guys have been around cam rising brant keithy he's an all-american at tight end They've got multiple running black, running backs, including Tavion Thomas, a record setter, coming back. The defense, they lose two linebackers, but they add in one of the best freshmen in the country. They add in a transfer from Florida, and they have depth there. Uh, I just think it's grounded when you say, like, yeah, Utah should, should, should be able to compete on a national stage with the big dogs in college football. And, and I think their schedule will, will support them. Right? Florida to start, USC about halfway through. Then they go to Oregon in the second to last week of the season. So from a Heisman candidacy campaign with Cam Rising, uh, let alone a CFP campaign where you need meaningful games, I think they set up nice for Utah to make some real noise this year. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned that as we're talking to Yogi Roth, analyst for the Pac-12 Network, and I want to get to your book too, Five Star QB here in just a second, Yogi. But Cam Rising, you know, we here at, at this network, we like to look for long shots if we can find one that is maybe worth a flyer. And the more and more I've been kind of diving in and you think back to last year and the Charlie Brewer situation just didn't seem to sit right. And then they go to Cam Rising and boom, they take off and they're in the Rose Bowl. Cam Rising, you can find as long as 80 to 1 to win the Heisman Trophy this year. From what you saw, you know, at practice and what you've heard, is Cam Rising, in your opinion, a, a legitimate Heisman dark horse? I respect everybody's profession and our in our sport, but whoever came up with those numbers, <laughs> they're, they're wrong. Right? <laughs> Especially when I see like a guy who, you know, I know all these quarterbacks, right? I wrote a book about, you know, the quarterback position where 54 of them are interviewed. They were huge recruits like Cam Rising who's in the book. But the reality is like Quinn Ewers, who I saw at like whatever, 14 to one or 10 to one odds win the Heisman is not higher than Cam Rising. Like it's just not right. It's based on reality coming to the season. Now we might say differently in week six, 
right? And I hope Quinn goes to New York. He's an awesome young man. But for what Cam Rising did last year, right? And, and, and you know, naysayers will say, well, he just managed the game, their physical team. Sure. But this is a team who also lost two players uh, by gunshot in the last, you know, at the time it was calendar year when we look at last season. This is a guy who wasn't named the starter but was named the captain. This is a guy who didn't flinch when he was thrust into a game that went into double overtime and a loss against San Diego State. And then led a team on an improbable run with a ton of adversity to be on the brink of beating Ohio State. And oh, by the way, he got knocked out of the game in the last two minutes. Like he's a catalyst. He, I think he's going to be. A, I think he should be talked about as a elite college football player. He's not getting drafted higher than C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, but to me, he's got a place if he does what we think he can do in New York City. And for Todd Blackledge and the crew calling his opener. I can't wait to turn that on because the open of the game needs to be about Cam Rising being not an 80 to 1 Heisman odds candidate. Like, this is a guy that is squarely in the conversation because on a premier team with an awesome fan base who's proven it, right? This isn't like we're, we're betting on the come like we are at SC or Texas or some of these other places. Like, we've seen it. Like, we've seen it. And you know what you're going to get to your, your initial point about Utah. So, I've, I've been on the campaign trail for him all off season. Uh, I hope it's hurt. You know, I, I follow this league closer than probably anybody in America. I've seen every one of his snaps, talked to everybody involved. This guy's real in that regard. And we're talking about college football and Ward being defined as excellence with integrity. Cam Rising, a transfer from UT, a former five-star prospect, should be getting the play that anybody outside of CJ and Bryce are getting. Because those two guys right now, I think, have separated themselves. But anybody after them, John Robinson, whatever. Cam Rising should be in the conversation. Yeah, right now, Westgate just looked it up in the app. I showed mm-hmm. you, Wes, you're my witness. No. 80 to 1. I think that that's absolutely worth the stab yeah. because I'm very high on the Utes. They would actually be my pick today to be kind of that number four if we kind of think Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia are 1, 2, 3. Hey, uh, we're talking once again to, to Yogi Roth, who, as he's uh, as he mentioned, uh, knows the Pac-12 so well, but he does have a, a book out as well. So we, we got a couple minutes left here, Yogi. Uh, I want you to tell the folks about Five Star QB uh, and, uh, and what to expect uh, in the book that you put together. Together. Yeah, well, well, thanks for asking. Um, I'm really proud of this book on a bunch of levels. Uh, ultimately, we know the quarterback position and what it stands for, right? It's the most scrutinized position in all of sport. And in high school, there's a ranking system for those that may not know. And you can be a zero-star player like I was as a walk-on or a five-star player like Cam Rising was or Caleb Williams was or Spencer Rattler was or you know, there's a lot Trevor Lawrence was, Justin Fields was. Uh, there's a lot of players. Uh, the the unique part about that is that none of them ever ask for a ranking. None of them ever beg to be a five-star quarterback. But once the label is thrust upon them, there's an expectation, a definition, an anticipation from fan base, and often disappointment. And I wanted to write a book because all of these five-star quarterbacks, I meet when they're 16 years old through a quarterback camp called the Elite 11. And for 20 years, they've been asking the same questions as have their parents. So myself and the co-author, Joey Roberts, we sat down and said, we've got to create a book that can serve as a tribe of mentors for the next group of players, whether it's a walk-on or a five-star quarterback or their parents going through this process. So we interviewed over 50 of these quarterbacks and we asked them all the same 22 questions and organized it by chapter to say, all right, how do you deal with the first offer you get? How do you deal with recruiting? How about an official visit? How about committing? How about decommitting? How about mental health? How about AIL? How about dealing with women on college campus? How about your own identity? and on and on and on. 
And as we finished the book, I said, we got to add more advice. So we asked 40 people who I dramatically respect in college football, guys like Dan Lanning, uh, Jed Fish, Chip Kelly, David Shaw, Pete Carroll, John Schneider, uh, Ryan Day, Brenda Tracy, the Holinsky family, Dr. Michael Gervais, the leading sports psychologist in the country, um, and said, give advice. So it's about 600 pages of that, of advice on how to go through this journey where you can't Google how to do it. You can't Google how to be a five-star parent, how to be a five-star quarterback. And, and I think it not only gives great advice and principles to people going through the process, but the reason that the cover is what it is, which is the faces of these players, if you go to Amazon and look up the book, is that I wanted fans to identify that all of these quarterbacks that go to your school, they're human beings. Yo, and they all live up to your expectations. We, we got to run. Great stuff. We appreciate the insight. Once again, the book. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Five-star QB. He is Yogi Roth. It's the Nightcap here on Beeson. This is the Nightcap on Beeson, the sports betting network. Pocket Cash with popular picks. Join Levi's 501 Pop Culture Pools for free and answer questions for a shot at a share of $10,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Levi's now to join uh, to get in on the action. Levi's buy better, wear longer. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Uh, thanks again to Yogi Roth. Really good stuff there, and uh, he actually, uh, he said he was just leaving Oregon State practice, uh, and, uh, you know, Oregon State's one of those teams, uh, Wes, uh, once again, Wes Reynolds sitting in for Sean King tonight, that yeah, they're getting a little buzz, a little, yeah, they could be a frisky team. Are they team. your dark horse kind of in the pack? Maybe not to win, but to be better. I don't know, because I, I initially wanted them to be, and then the six and a half win total seemed mm-hmm. about right. Um, you know, I'll, I'll say this. You know, we look at win totals we have up there for the Pac-12. Uh, Colorado, um, I think BetMGM, I saw, has the hook still on there, three and a half. Yes. I don't know how they're winning four games. Yeah, I don't either. They're, I certainly I mean, you got, you got to lay the juice. It's minus 190 at BetMGM, but I thought about playing that. There's a lot of intrigue around Washington State with Cam Ward. They're kind of trying the Western Kentucky route, right? They, they went out. They got Cam Ward, this, you know, 
great FCS player from New the coach up there because the old coach is currently filing a lawsuit. Right. Against so they, well, I don't consider Dickert really a new coach because he took over. He, yeah, and, he, he and did coached late well. in the season. Uh, but, the, you know, the OC comes in from Incarnate Word as well. But I want to go back to what Yogi Ross said. Uh, and, and we were going to talk some USC here too. But, you know, I, I get it that Utah's getting a lot of buzz and maybe, yes. maybe they're getting a little too overhyped. I, I don't know. I don't have personally a bet on Utah at this moment in time. I, I think I just have them win the conference. I didn't take the yeah. over on the win total, and I have a little small play to make the playoff. All right, but what Yogi Roth just said, I think, is really fascinating. And and we, you know, you and I kind of looked around during the break too. Cam Rising being eighty to one mm-hmm. is, I, I think, is mispriced yes. to be a Heisman Trophy winner. Now, I'm not saying he should be ten to one, mm-hmm. but you're looking at names. Uh, in he a, should be forty or fifty. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Westgate right now, and look, we love the folks at Westgate. They're super sharp. Mm-hmm. They they put up you know things for a reason. But Anthony Richardson. Now, once again, you know this. Our, yes. our listeners know this. Things are also driven by who bets it. Mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson, the quarterback of Florida, is sixty to one. Yes. Cam Rising for a top ten team. Went, what, 24 over 5 mm-hmm. as not even the full-time starter yeah. because that was Charlie Brewer coming out of camp. Led a team to the to the Rose Bowl is 80 to 1. You know, yeah. B. John Robinson, who's mm-hmm. tremendous, but mm-hmm. is Texas's running back right. going to win the Heisman Trophy? Yeah, and, and right now you're going to see a lot of the most variance probably in the different betting markets. You said Richardson was 60 at over at Superbook. Yeah, 20 to 1 at BetMGM. So there's different liabilities at different books, but I'm just happen to have the BetMGM open right now where Cam Rising 66 to 1, and even that is still pretty good value. Obviously, we recommend getting the most at 80 to 1 if you if you like it, but seeing some of the guys a little bit shorter, uh, Aiden O'Connell, who I, I like, a walk-on from Purdue, yeah. 50 to 1, he'll put up really big numbers, but yeah, Aiden O'Connell, Max Johnson, it's like, these guys, I don't think, are as proven necessarily as Cam Rising. I mean, and, uh, Braylon Allen, for for argument's sake, great running back. But is he going to do enough for Wisconsin? Is mm-hmm. if Wisconsin goes undefeated, which they won't, but yes. if they, you know, so I just I look at eighty yeah. to one, and I think it is. I definitely think it's worth a play for Cam Rising. And 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 once again, you know, different as you mentioned, different shops are going to have different prices. Mm-hmm. Obviously, here at Circa, Cam Rising's thirty-five to one. So. You know, Offensive Rookie of the Year is one that we've talked about quite a bit. The variances that you could find, different books. I mean, the Heisman Trophy differences, it's wild. And, you know, to hear Yogi kind of hammer that home. And look, folks, he, he works for the Pac-12 Network. He's a USC guy. So yes. it's, it's not like he has an allegiance and to he, Utah. He, he was on the staff at USC, yeah. I believe, during the Pete Carroll years. So, look, he wants the Trojans, yes. I think, to do well. But they still are very young. Uh, I was going to get into... Uh, and do a little transition. I had it all planned. Maybe I'll still have time if this is not ruled a catch. But my my dark <laughs> oh, horse, yeah. my dark horse in the Pac-12 actually is the Washington Huskies. I didn't get to get into it with Yogi, but yeah. I really like Kalen DeBoer. I trust him as a coach. He's a really good ball coach. Of course, uh, led Fresno State. Remember, they beat UCLA in the Rose Bowl last year. Jake Hayner, one of the good individual performances I saw in a game because he was getting the absolute, you know what, beat out of him the whole night. But 
he's really good with quarterbacks, and he reunites with a quarterback that he worked with. That would Michael be Michael Penix, Penix Jr. Yep. out of Indiana, my alma mater, who I think had a 69% completion rating a couple of years ago, best season he had there uh, up there in Seattle. And look, I think Washington, they went 4-8. and eight. I think it was the quarterback play that kept them down. I think they'll be able to be a good defense. So they were a team that I think is a little bit of a dark horse. Uh, by the way, if you've got us on a second screen and you're watching the uh, Bears and the Seahawks. It is a sweat. Like none other. No catch from Fuller in the end zone. Uh, 38 and a half was the closer. And I said, look, once it got below 40, I couldn't play the under. So I'm hoping this goes over because sometimes, <laughs> like, the best bet is the one not made. You're like, okay, I'm glad I didn't make that bet because anything 40 or better, I think this opened like 41 or 40, or actually closer to 43. But then Drew Locke got ruled out with COVID. So then obviously. Everything is information-based, and as soon as you get the information, you're just basically racing the book to beat that information here. So 133, by the way, left to go up at Questfield in Seattle, where the Washington Huskies also play 27-11 to Bears over the Seahawks. Yeah, we'll see if uh, a late touchdown can uh, can push it over. I don't think Pete Carroll's going to kick a field goal, but uh, that would no. be something uh, no. if they pulled that off. I, I do want to go back to Washington because they're a team that I, I've kind of – I'm just laughing because they're showing these old ladies that are there with a minute 33 left to go for a team that's going to be got a the bad over. team, and they are into it. They're like, what the hell is that penalty? She's got the over. She does have she's, the over. She's ready. No question. Um, so Washington, um, you mentioned them. Uh, they're at DraftKings 14-1 to to win uh, to win the conference. I think their win total is around 7.5. Mm-hmm. Does that sound about right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know who they don't play? USC. Or Utah. Now they do have to go to Autzen, uh, and in the Pac-12, remember it's unbalanced. You play yes. five road games and four, five. You could play five road games or four road games depending mm-hmm. on the year. Mm-hmm. So this is the year they get five road games, but they do miss out on arguably the two best teams. Now you can make an argument that Oregon is 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 in there, but Oregon and UCLA are the only road games where they're going to be I don't even want to say substantial underdogs, but they're going to be, you know, more maybe than slide underdogs, but Arizona State, they can go win at ASU. They can go win at Cal. They can go win at Washington State. They get their first four games at home, Kent, Portland State, Michigan State. Yep. They'll be a small underdog there, but probably I'm guessing three, three and a half is what it's going to be that week. And then they get Stanford at home. Yeah, I think UW is kind of the team to watch this year. It almost feels like a little bit of a – actually, it doesn't feel like a little – it is, in my opinion, a buy-low opportunity on Washington, mm-hmm. a, a team that – I look, I remember betting Washington – on the road at the big house. I forget how much they were catching. I could look up on my spreadsheet what terrible bet that was mm-hmm. as they got shut out or had yeah. three points. Couldn't get over midfield. Uh, but, yeah, Washington's really interesting. All right, we got two and a half minutes left. Uh, we'll get back to college football in the third hour. Uh, but, but what are your expectations of USC? I, I Look, me and Sean differ on this, and, you know, I'm sure listeners could say, oh, you're a Notre Dame fan and you just want to see USC, you know, stink. I think USC eventually is going to be really damn good. Oh, absolutely. And I am terrified by what they're going to become. But that all being said, I don't I, – it's going to take a little bit of time. And and I keep mm-hmm. going back. I, I've said this a bunch of times, and, you know, it sounds like a broken record, but Yogi kind of alluded to it a little bit, you know, chatting with him. Bruce Feldman last year said he walked into USC's facility. Heritage Hall. And he thought – the offensive line, now I'm paraphrasing. He thought the lines were like FCS level. Like yeah, they were really. that, they were just that down. And 
I understand that they went out and they won the portal this year, no mm-hmm. doubt, right? They mm-hmm. they brought in, you know, what was it, Malachi Williams and Jordan yes. Addison and and you know, uh, 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 die from yeah, die from Oregon, from Caleb yeah. Williams. I mean, everybody. Mm-hmm. They brought in everybody, but it's not seven on seven. Mm-hmm. So I just I look at this team and I say, look, could they go eleven and one? It's possible. They they got a lot of talent. Lincoln Riley's a good coach, in my opinion. I'm not the biggest Alex Grinch fan. Comes over in the defense, but he's fine. I just think they're going to get snake bit by somebody, yeah. and I would not play over nine and a half. It does no, feel way I, I, over. I'd be looking at the under as well. And this, it's the defense. They're probably going to score points. They're going to score. Though, you know, just with the talent alone, they're going to score points. But if you look at that defense, they allowed 31 or more in six of the last seven games. They gave up 62 points to UCLA. That's a disgraceful effort for the Trojans <laughs> defensively. I mean, it really is. And I know they won got, four games they, last year. They've got veteran, you know, transfers in the portal and whatnot. Ten transfers joined the three returning starters. It is Grinch coming in. You know, USC, they're probably going to have to outscore teams to beat them. So, I mean, look, I, I think that there's at least three losses on that schedule probably for USC. I would be betting nine and a half under. Well, and here's the thing. My final thought uh, before we uh, before we bid farewell here is a throw is out of the end zone folks underbackers Woo! sigh of relief that notre dame game i agree to an extent with yogi roth that maybe they're humming by then mm-hmm. or maybe they've got injuries because they have right. no depth right. are they going to be ready for that game we return to the indianapolis colts and wrap up summer conditioning next this is the nightcap on vsin the sports betting network VEASAN College Football Guide is out now, and our NFL Guide drops next week. Just ask Wes Reynolds. Our experts provide profiles of every team with team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations. Plus, best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Remember, the only way to get access to this year's Football Betting Guide, guide, plural, is to become a VEASAN All Access subscriber. Sign up on our discounted football special and get all access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only 175 bucks, or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the sports betting network. It's all in there, Tim. No stone unturned, no village unpillaged here at VEASAN. <laughs> That's right. Um, it has gone final. Out in Seattle, 27-11, to 11, uh, apparently Steve Levy uh, echoed what we were saying when they were showing the, uh, the, the elderly ladies in attendance of the Seahawks preseason game. Mm-hmm. I believe it was Steve Levy who said she must have the under or the over. I, I forget which one She was. was following the 14-3 uh, and three trend there in week one. And, and one thing I do want to mention before we get into the Colts discussion yeah. here, obviously you saw when these were priced on Sunday night, Monday morning, it was accounted for oh, yeah. uh, in terms of not only what happened last week, but the fact that you expect you're going to see starters maybe for an, a series, at least those that didn't play the start, the starters last week, or maybe starters are going to play full quarter. So that was taxed into the number. So half the games, I think maybe a little over half the games you saw moves to the over. That was just maybe guys getting ahead of the number, I think saying, okay, this is going to close higher. But now you're starting to see a little bit of the buyback on the totals, by the way. This does go under. Like we say, uh, if you bet the under early, well, really, you got there for out because I think 38.5 was the closer. But 
these things are going to move faster because there's less money in the market here for preseason games and the limits are lower. So if you're going to get it, what I say with preseason, I'd have bet it early or bet it right before the kickoff or bet it late, you know, and then take advantage of maybe if a total's moved above like three, three and a half, four points and like, okay, I'm going to take my stand on the under here. Well, what's interesting, and, you know, we talked about it a little bit yesterday on the show and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm sure other shows on the network have mentioned it, kind of what you alluded to there, Wes, which is, you know, Week one of the preseason, there were zero games that closed with a total in the 40s. Mm -hmm. And now we've seen some movement, as I'm sure some sharper guys are are betting the under on these games, as we saw the movement today uh, on this total move back into the 30s. But you're seeing uh, a 42, a 44, uh, a couple 42s, you know, a 40 tomorrow. So it's, you know, I'd be curious, and we could talk about this a little bit later, Carolina, New England tomorrow you know, they practice together this week. You know, mm-hmm. what's the motivation for them to to play a lot of well, these Well, and, and that's and I think they only, that only happened twice last week, and one of the games went over, one of them went under. I think when you practice, and obviously you're not showing all of what you got in your playbook, you're keeping it relatively basic, I think, on both sides of the ball. But when you've seen a team and you've gone at least heads up with them for a couple days – I wonder if that means maybe you're going to see more unders here because it's like, okay, you kind of know what they got. You kind of have evaluated the other team's personnel and whatnot. So I was thinking, you know, that made me think that you were going to see maybe a little bit more unders this week, certainly than you saw in week one when you only saw three of them counting the Hall of Fame game. But one thing with preseason two, and we just noticed it here at the end of this game with the Bears and the Seahawks, you get situations that you don't often get in the regular season. Are coaches really going to use all three of their timeouts when they're down 16? No. Pete Carroll did, yeah. you know, to see, if I guess, if they could block a punt, and then he runs a draw play instead of heaving a couple into the end zone and seeing what he could do to get another score. But you're going to see weird things like that. You're going to see different decisions where maybe they're going to go for it at a time when they would not go for it in the regular season, or maybe they're going to kick a field goal in the preseason if they have a kicking battle. That ordinarily, okay, fourth and two, fourth and three, we're going to go for it instead of evaluating our kicking situation. By the way, uh, how would you like to be this particular better? Well, first off, I mean, if you're dropping this much money on a preseason total, then yeah. I, you know what? I don't feel so bad for you, but there was a bet in Louisiana at Caesar Sportsbooks, Caesar Sportsbook, a hundred grand on under 39 and a half. Mm-hmm. And the Seahawks, uh, in case you missed it, and you probably did, uh, had the ball, what, inside the 10? Yes. And had multiple opportunities. There was a touchdown called mm-hmm. on the field and then overturned. And then I would say the final uh, the final sweat was this. There was a fourth down, and punting from their own end zone was the Chicago Bears. Yes. You could get a snap over the head. You could get a block punt. You could get a low snap, and maybe he just runs it out of the yeah. back of the end zone. I mean, it was 27 to 11. So that better was not feeling comfortable until those triple zeros hit because, you know, the thought I had was, okay, after the punt, there could be a Hail Mary coming. Who knows what's going to happen? Ultimately, the Seahawks ran a draw play, and that round. round I hate to besmirch a guy I don't even know here. What did you say? It was 50 or 100? 100. 100 gur they're giving you on preseason? <laughs> Like, you know, that's one thing we all like. I think there's some portion of our audience that like that content. Hey, we got a big bet at BetMGM, or we got a big bet at insert book's name here at $100,000. Just because it's a big dollar amount 
doesn't mean the person placing that big dollar amount is necessarily a sharp better. So yes. that's one thing because we get a lot of new betters, Tim, and sure. we got to kind of you know explain this to them because they're thinking, oh man, that guy must be a wise guy or he must be a whale. Not necessarily. If they're giving you that on the preseason, they're saying, okay, yeah. we'll take your action. Yeah. It, you know, it, this you, isn't some wise guy necessarily, I wouldn't think. Yeah, usually when there's 100K or something like that being dropped, it's uh, mm-hmm. someone who... Someone who's got a little too much money to know, they know what to do with, but yeah. to, hey, uh, they, you congratulations, yeah, to guy. They're not, out there. they're not, they're not giving you Billy Walters here, or thinking <laughs> you're that. So you know that's one thing to keep in mind. But yeah, we're gonna get into that in a few weeks. We're gonna start seeing three hundred and four hundred thousand dollars. It's like you know you often wonder because they'll never release that obviously because of confidentiality. But it's like man, I wonder who that is. Yeah. I wonder what athlete or what freaking you know, Fortune 500 CEO that that is that's placing that kind of money. Um, we're going to talk uh, to Max Meyer from uh, from uh, Caesars uh, actually coming up mm-hmm. uh, top of the hour. So we will mm-hmm. get uh, his thoughts. He's, he's great. He's been a great follow, uh, letting people know, you know, all the uh, the moves and whatnot. Uh, so it's it's good to talk to, to Max. He'll come up in a little bit. But, you know, we've been doing summer conditioning all uh, all along here on, uh, on the nightcap. We're wrapping up the AFC South. And we're going to Kind of put a bow on the AFC South in the final segment here, but I was doing summer conditioning out there during the break. I was doing the bear crawl out there through the slot machines. <laughs> I saw you doing, uh, yeah, I saw you doing some uh, lunges or uh, out yes. there. Um, but final thoughts on the Colts. So I do have a ticket on them to win the division, and uh, as I always joke, you know, the best sports gambling guy is the one who said I got this ticket, and now it doesn't exist. So. Mm-hmm. But we did talk about it on the show, so yes. I will say that uh, you know in the past, and I know you mentioned when you took your Colts uh, spot too. You know, at one one thirty, you know, look around, you might find some one twenty fives, but I still think the Colts are the best team. I still can't make a case for anybody else, yeah. even though you've lost a little number. I know. I, I still think they're the best team. I really like the upgrade of Matt Ryan bringing him in. I I totally recognize you know Sean's. Uh, criticism of hey can these wide receivers mm-hmm. get enough separation which they did not do in the first preseason game by the way against the buffalo bills uh if we we ran out of time i didn't get to ask yeah. matt taylor the voice of the colts who joined us earlier in the program you know because there was a little bit of a panic column from my guy greg doyle at the indianapolis star like <laughs> it's it's week one greg it's week one calm down here but yeah they did not get a lot of separation but you got to keep in mind, too, uh, Marcus Brady and Frank Reich aren't exactly showing their entire offensive arsenal, and I think nobody is really in the preseason. Let me, uh, once again, I have a Colts future on them to win this division, so I certainly don't hope it's the case, but let me play a little uh, devil's advocate here. Now, they the, the schedule's favorable out of the jump, right? At Houston, at Jacksonville, but both road games, both in division. You as a Colts fan, does it worry you that, Frank Reich is 0-4 in week one as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. Mm-hmm. And you think back to 2020, our own Brent Musburger, I apologize for keep bringing this up, he and many had the Colts in Survivor at Jacksonville. They lose to an eventual 1-15 team. Last year, they start 0-3. 2019, they lose to the Chargers in week one. 2018, that's a team that started, what, 1-5? Yes. Now, they made the run to the playoffs yes. and won a playoff game, but... You know, for me, the Colts, you look at that schedule. Third easiest schedule, I think Warren Sharp put it out there as. And and the Titans, because they have a first place schedule, I believe it's they have the 22nd most easy. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, they have a challenging schedule. 
you got to get out of the shoot and win both those games. That being said, I would not use the Colts no. in Survivor Week 1. If you get it and it, they lose, you deserve everything that you get. You should have learned your lesson two years ago. I would stay away from that. But I do think some positive regression coming for the Colts, though, because they were 2-5 and five in one-score games last season. So you got to think maybe with Matt Ryan, you know, he's a little bit, of, at least a little bit of an upgrade over Wentz. So oh, they're going to find ways, I think, to win the close games they did not last year. All right, we will uh, take a look at the AFC South in its entirety next. Some teams we like, maybe some spots to fade. Once again, if you had the under tonight, just got home. 27 to 11, the final score in the lone preseason game tonight. Seahawks. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Lose. Before you place your next bet, visit V. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN alongside Wes Reynolds tonight. Follow Wes on Twitter at Wes Reynolds 1. I'm at 1 Tim Murray. Hey, this might be the first mention of this league on this show. Mm -hmm. uh, but the WNBA has got themselves a game tonight, man. We got the playoffs going on. Yeah. Mystics and Storm. Had an upset last night, by the way, the Liberty over to defending champion Chicago Sky. They were plus 10. That's why Wes is here. I followed along with uh, our own Danielle Alvari. She was on the she's Liberty our, last she's night. She's our resident WNBA uh, guru. She, uh, Her on the LA CityCast, she does a tremendous job breaking it all down. But uh, it was a fun game to watch. Uh, my hometown Mystics, you know. EDD, Elena Deladon balling out here. Uh and the Mystics, you know, I was kind of looking at this game, too, because the Mystics, actually, they didn't have anything to play for. They were stuck. They were going to be in that five seed. They still elected to play Deladon in the final two games. And, uh, you know, you thought, okay, maybe she's going to be low on energy tonight as our UConn on UConn crime here, I mean, even though uh, Deladon, I believe, did uh, she transfer she's to a, Delaware? She's a blue hen. She's a blue she's hen, a blue but hen. she was an original commit. So EDD, <laughs> Elena Deladon, and uh, Stewie game, going at it right now. This game is a hell of a watch. 79-78, by the way, is your score. 240 left to go. Mystics over the storm. I want to know how many positions in-game Doug Kazarian has right now. <laughs> He's probably got like... Mystics plus three, Storm plus three, under one 
you know, D- 63 D- over if, if 159. If Doug has us screened at all, we are like the ninth screen right now because he's probably got every – he's probably got local feeds, ESPN feeds, by the way. So, you know, Kazarian, he, I, he's, I don't think he is. By the way, if you want to get in live, I think oh, I, I'm looking – You got looking, some live action? I, well, I got something at BetMGM. Uh, Mystics minus $1.75 plus $1.35 on the money line. Minus a point and a half are the Mystics. 79-78, two minutes ago is the score, by the way, plus a point and a half. On the Storm, who are uh, trying to win uh, one game. Uh, they'll get one more home game, by the way. The top, the higher-seeded team gets the first two games at home. If it goes to game three, they got to go on the road to the team that has the worst seed. So uh, Sue Bird, at least her second-to-last game, is a member of the Seattle Storm and is a member of the WNBA in general. This is why I love Wes so much. I could bring up anything, and he could give me... At least we, a good three we, minutes. We go where the show goes. Now, Aaron Oster, <laughs> our, our great producer back there, is probably like, what the hell is he talking about? Uh, Get back on top. It's mid-August, and there's a good game going on. <laughs> we mentioned it for a minute. All right, let's... Uh, let's really take off the execs and talk some wrestling. <laughs> no, uh, I, I will step in there, and uh, that, that'll be a pass <laughs> on, on this one. Um, we will talk to Max Meyer from Caesars. Uh, some interesting... Uh, notes there from him. Most bet on teams. He's he's been a really he's a really great follow. Uh, some really interesting nuggets when it comes to the MVP market. But mm-hmm. I want to put a bow on the AFC South. But real quickly, Aaron uh, took a look at this, and this is fascinating to me. So the Matt Ryan prop for passing yards this year is thirty nine hundred. Yes. If you look at Matt Ryan year by year for the past decade. He has exceeded this number. Now, keep in mind, this is his first year, obviously, with the Indianapolis Colts. But if you go back to 2010, that was his third year. That's when they went 13-3. and He was a pro bowler. He went for 37-05. Since then, Wes, as we're showing a graphic, if you're joining us on the, the TV side, but if you're listening in, he has gone over 3,900 every year mm-hmm. since 2010. 2011, 4177, 4719, 4515, 4694, 4591, 4944, his MVP year in 2016, 4095, 4924 in 2018, 4466, 4581, and 39. 68. He had four thousand, almost four thousand yards last year with without Calvin Ridley. Keep in mind, well, he had him for five games, and then he stepped away. You know, dealt with some off the field issues, and now he's suspended for the rest of this season for uh, playing a few too many parlays. So uh, Calvin Ridley was out, and and I mean, he had a rookie in Kyle Pitts. He didn't have really a lot of weapons because nope. Cordell Patterson, for the most part, the majority of the time was used as a running back and not as a receiver. So. You know, I, I guess maybe the market or the prop market's low on the Colts receivers, and I know that they haven't proven anything, but yeah, that is that, this a, I, I, I always wonder, I was like, all right, is this a sucker bet? Like, yeah, what, what am I yeah, missing? Because that's here? what kind of that's what kind of would put me off of it a little bit. Because I'm like, 3,900 yards, you got to be able to get over that, you know? Because I don't think Frank Reich necessarily is going to be in a position where it's like we're going to baby him, and they've already talked about the fact they want to run Jonathan Taylor a little bit less. That doesn't mean, you know, they're going to have him on a pitch count, you know, of 20 carries and be like, eh, we're not going to run him. They're going to be sometimes you're going to have to touch the ball 30-plus times a game. But they don't want to get into just burning this guy out. I know he's 23, but, you know, that's why I think Naeem Himes, you're going to see him be a safety valve really out of the backfield in terms of catching passes. So 
that's a guy that I think could be reliable for Matt Ryan. But Matt Taylor was absolutely right. You got to have a couple of receivers step up. I will point this out now. Say what you will about Carson Wentz, but he was in this system last year. He only threw for thirty five hundred yards. They they threw the ball. I think the fifth least of any team in the league. Though. Yeah. So, but to your point, I expect a little bit less of a workload for Jonathan Taylor. And uh, yeah, it, it feels almost too good to be true. In order to get to that number assuming that he plays every game, which is a big assumption, uh, he only needs to average 230 yards per game. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, let's put a bow on the AFC South. You, in the NFL betting guide that you will be able to get next week, vsin.com backslash slash subscribe, you wrote up the, uh, the AFC South. So you and I are both in agreement, right? Indianapolis Colts, we both believe it. Even at the price that it's currently at... I, I would. It would be more of a, as as our friend Patrick Everson would say, a Chili's bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, I I think they're the best team at minus one thirty. It still would be a look for me. The Titans. What do we do with the Titans? It, it feels like an under, but it is one of the most popular unders. Yeah. So another one of those situations. Yeah, because that's why you're seeing nines. If there's nine and a half, I would still lean that way with the big. Uh, you know, I wouldn't want to bet on under nine necessarily. Look, uh, defensively, they were number one in the league stopping the run with Jeffrey Simmons and Denico Autry. Harold Landry, they gave him a big deal. Five years, $87.5 million, had 12 sacks last year. Bud Dupree, can he kind of find his form that he had in Pittsburgh back in 2019-2020? The secondary, Caleb Farley, who was their first-round pick, and he stay healthy. You got Kevin Byard back there, and he was a first-team All-Pro last year. I think they're still going to be pretty good defensively, but, you know, when Derrick Henry has that kind of injury, running backs, you know, they don't have those long shelf lives anymore. You get near latter part of your 20s, it seems like you're too old. And just the fact, Tim, that they were so fortunate, six and one in games decided by three points or less, I got to think that there's going to be a little bit of regression. I am concerned about the offensive line. Taylor Juan had a down year. With the came back from a torn ACL, uh, Roger Saffold and Kendall Lamb were salary cap casualties. So this unit's still in flux a little bit up front. Well, and I, I think unless I I misheard it because I'm fascinated by the WNBA game, they traded away their best receiver. They also did that. AJ Brown is gone, and 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 Traylon yeah. Burks. You know we had yeah. on um, um, uh, uh, Paul Kaharski. Yes, and he said about uh, Traylon Burks, he's going to be more of a rotational guy mm-hmm. this year. And yikes. And look, as much as I want to represent my Hoosier, Nick Westbrook, who I think had a good season last year, his role expanded 38 catches, 476, four touchdowns. This is not a guy that's a number one, even maybe a number two receiver type of guy. Robert Woods does come in via trade, but he's off an ACL injury. And he, and he tore that ACL what in November? Yes. So, uh, you know, I know science has gotten kind of out of control. All right. So Titans, I think we're both in agreement. Like, with that trade, by the way, with A.J. Brown, I thought John Robinson, the GM there, made the right decision in the long term not to overpay, but he's going to pay for it in the short term. I agree. And I think it is, it's pretty telling to me as the Seattle Storm have taken a one-point lead, 37.3 seconds to go, 82-81. Um, as I, I think it, it's telling to me, as it is in Washington, in my opinion, mm-hmm. that you could have got yourself – in much better cap flexibility by stretching out the deals for their quarterbacks. Washington didn't do it with Carson Wentz. Ryan Tannehill, ladies and gentlemen, the biggest cap hit of any quarterback in the NFL this year. They could have figured out ways. They could have stretched that out. They didn't. So I think there's a weird 
I don't know, I just, the mojo down in Nashville, even though they like to have fun down there. Uh, real quickly, Jaguars and Texans. Jaguars, I think a lot of people expecting a, a step in the right direction. Yeah. Urban Meyer's out. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence here, too. I agree. I don't know if I'm racing to play over six, six and, and a half, half is, is a reach, though. Yeah. I do think the culture is going to be better. But look, they have 10 double-digit seasons in the last 11 years. Lawrence, I think, is going to be better. They overpaid, which you're going to have to do to get free agents in Jacksonville. But, you know, still still young, I think, up front in terms of the pass rush with the drafting of Trayvon Walker. I think six and a half is a little much. And then I just could get Houston in before the break. Yep. Four and a half is the right number. They're either going to win four or five games. I don't see any other numbers, so that's an absolute pass. Oh, the Mystics turned it over. Unbelievable. Who are the most bet on teams right now? We'll talk about that next, right here on the Nightcap. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 